Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Uh, this week, we're happy to welcome back uh, Mason Icobellas. Uh, he joined us last September uh, while I, uh, after I saw him fight uh, for extreme, uh, or I'm sorry, epic fighting here in San Diego. Uh, since then, he's had some uh, big news. Uh, Mason, how's it going, my man? Going good. How you guys doing? Doing well. How about you, Ed? Uh, what's the weather like there on the East Coast? It's actually nice. It's actually nice for once out here. Um, Mason, so uh, you got a title, and, and then now you got a fight lined up, and then it's not lined up, so why don't you update us on what's going on? All right, so I'm supposed to be fighting for Tough Enough in a couple weeks. Um, I was supposed to be fighting Elijah Leggett, who was the former 145-pound champion for Tough Enough. Um, apparently they had a falling out of their 135 pound title and they gave him the shot. Um, so now I don't have an opponent. They're still trying to get me one, but mm. hopefully, hopefully someone signs. I've been training hard and trying to fight for that big stage. So that, that was scheduled for this, uh, February 22nd at the Orleans hotel, uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, for the tough enough organization, um, generally regarded as the number one. Uh, amateur organization in the world um what uh so so again getting back to it though after we spoke to you in september you you know you had a you had a nice run you actually had an undefeated uh 2018 uh how did how did the fight go in october and 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 uh and it got you a title belt correct yeah um i actually went up a weight class i went up to 145 took it on about two weeks notice um it went all my way i pretty much wrestled the guy for three rounds he was a lot bigger than me, a lot more reach, so I had to get inside, and I think I had like five takedowns or something, six takedowns, and just kind of dominated every round. Felt good to finally, finally get a belt. You prefer you prefer the uh, the heavier weight, or would you rather go lighter? Um, I prefer fighting at thirty five, but it was the only fight I could get, and it was for a belt. So it's for a belt, I'm not gonna not take it, you know. Yeah. What was the title? Was it was it the organization's title? Was it the camo title? What was it? It was the organization's title, uh, 29 Palms Fight Night Live. Was that fight – was that in uh, – I'm sorry, was that in uh, – at uh, Camp Pendleton? It was in the 29 Palms Marine Base. It was like That's a what... fight for the troops. I, I fought on it before. It's It's a pretty good card to fight for. All the Marines are – pretty wild and go crazy and want to see blood so was the was the guy did did the guy that you you fight have any uh military experience or or they just get grab guys that are uh in the circuit like yourself uh no he wasn't in the military just just another fighter trying to trying to win a belt but unfortunately he had to fight me So you were looking to move uh, – was your fight scheduled for 135 or was it supposed to be 145 for, for Tough Enough? Um, it's going to be 135. And you were going to fight their their former 145-pound uh, champion. What yeah. – um, assuming you get a fight rescheduled or you get you know put on their, their following event, do you, uh, what's your schedule looking like for possibly going pro? Are you, uh, are you still comfortable where you're at? I know we asked you this last time, but um, – 
you know, going four and zero last year and uh, or being on a four fight win streak and uh, just kind of, you know, sky's the limit right now. Have you have you getting closer and closer to becoming a pro? Yeah, I do plan on going pro sometime this year. Um, I wanted to get like one or two more in just because I want to win more belts, just get as much experience as I can. Uh, don't need to rush anything, you know. I'm only 21, so yeah, I just want to fight everybody before I go pro and then have the best pro career possible and be the most prepared I can be. Do you find that, um, or do you think at least the, this thing, because I know this is not the first opponent uh, issue you've had as far as like having them, uh, I don't want to say back out, but be unavailable. Um, or do you think that you'll come across that less once you finally uh, go pro? Uh, yeah, definitely. I feel like there's a lot more guys to fight as a pro and, you know, making my debut, there's definitely higher level guys that are willing to fight me as opposed to amateurs. I'm kind of like at the top now, so no one really wants to fight me. But when I get when I go pro, I, I know for sure I'll be able to find fights. Because even even like when you when you make the transition to pro, you still you'll still have like um, I don't want to say flaky promotions, but, you know, it's still like it's still almost like starting again, but just at a different level. And yeah. finding guys to commit the way that you've committed are, are, are it's probably going to be difficult. Although maybe not these days. I mean, it seems like the transition. There's more. There's more guys willing to to get to pro faster. I mean, is that is that the case that you find for yourself? Um. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I just I just want to compete pro amateur. I do it for the love of the sport. So um, it doesn't really matter if I go pro yet. Um, I want to just, to, you know, just to be a pro fighter. That's like a biggest dream of mine. But um, I just got to be patient and it'll come at the right time. And um, I know it'll it'll happen for me eventually. Do you think that a lot of the uh, falling out or backing out of the opponents that you've had prior, what, what is, is, have you found that there's a reason for it? Does it have to do with you being a team quest fighter? I mean, does that work against you in a, in a sense that, you know, people find out kind of who you are and they're not as, uh, not as willing to step in the cage or has it just been uh, bad luck with injuries and, and, and such? I think it's a little bit of both because people definitely get injured. I've, pulled out of fights myself with injuries it's not like everyone's scared you know but I, but i think a few people are a few people just don't want to fight but um yeah that's one of the reasons why it's probably almost that time to go pro because it looks like you basically were fight you you know you're looking to fight what about every two months uh, looking at your record you had a you know you had a fight in uh what june august and then october and then you had one scheduled again for October and then again for uh, December that were canceled. So this would be three fights technically, I guess, canceled in a row if, if Tapology website's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, I try to compete as much as possible. So if I could fight every weekend, I would. But um, every two months, it would be perfect. Plenty of time to recover, train hard again, and uh, not lose that uh, or not get ring rust, you know. I'm assuming since you had another fight scheduled two weeks after your, your title win that you got through that fight pretty much unscathed. No, nothing, no injuries. No, nothing really other than some bumps and bruises. I actually hurt my hand. Um, it wasn't a break. It was a slight little fracture. Um, I only had to take like six weeks off, but 
Um, that was actually me that pulled out of that one. Okay. And then the fight in December, um, my opponent pulled out like two days before the fight. It's usually how it happens. So just some just some bad luck recently. What's a what's a fan base like out when you uh, as far as like are you building one up out there? Uh, I try to post on all my social media, you know, um, try to get as many followers as I can following me and watching my fights and my highlights. All my friends and family go to all my fights, so you get you get anybody calling you out? Not yet. I don't think I'm that big yet, but I will eventually. Yeah. What um so you know this weekend uh your coach fight Sam Alvey um I think we talked last time kind of how, how he was an influence for you and um has he kind of taken over the reins there at Team Quest? I mean I know Dan obviously stepped back a little bit a, a couple years ago it seems. Um is he is he basically the the head dog there now? Yeah, as far as uh like coaching the amateur team um, he he always gets us all our fights, and he's always there in the gym to make sure we're getting good good training in um, on top of training on his own. But, um, yeah, he's definitely probably our best fighter, well-known fighter at the gym besides Dan. Is Dan still around the gym quite a bit? Yeah, I see him pretty much every morning. He's there for pro practice, helping coaching and everything. So do you, you have a workout in the morning and one in the afternoon generally? Or in the evening? Yeah. Yeah, if I – because I work on the side, so if I have the day off, I'll train in the morning and at night. But if I'm working, I'll just come in the evenings. So what's the uh, what's it like when you're uh, – as far as – when you're training with guys like Dan and, and Sam, well, what what's their take on uh, – like when you lose opponents and every everything you're going through now with the transition of going pro, like uh, what do you hear from them as far as – I know Sam's probably, probably over uh, in Australia now, but like – as far as lately with everything going on, what's the feedback you get from uh, from the senior members? Um, a lot of the guys want me to go pro, but Sam Sam's on my side. He wants me to get more experience as much as I can. You know, I'm young. He doesn't want to rush me. He just kind of wants to do everything right for me, and I trust his his judgment and everything. So I'm gonna follow whatever plan he has for me and go from there. Interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, you kind of got an inside uh, inside view in the gym. Uh, how's he looking for his fight coming up this uh, this weekend? I mean, obviously, if he has any injuries, I don't expect you to disclose those. But uh, uh, his training camp go pretty well for him. Oh yeah, he's always training hard. I expect this fight to go really really good for him. Um, I don't know much about the guy he's fighting, but Sam's always dangerous. This is like his seventeenth fight in the UFC, I believe. So. He's got that experience, and I think he's going to put him away in the first. Yeah, he's been around a long, long time and, and fought a who's who. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy he's fighting, Jim Crute, I don't know a whole lot about him either. I see that he is uh, he's nine or 8-0. No, uh, the record shows him as 8-0, no, but then it says 9-0 fighting Sam Alvey. So um, it looks like he, uh, he did get a, a win in his first uh, UFC bout, but um, – I think the uh, general consensus is that uh, that Sam is is has the experience and and uh, I think despite fighting an undefeated fighter, I think he should be the favorite in, in that bout. Um, what do you what do you look forward to? I mean, are you? I'm assuming you're a fan of Anderson Silva like everybody else. Oh yeah, of course. He's the he's the goat. He's the best ever. Um, 
But I do like uh, Israel Adesanya. I think I think it's a really good style matchup for him. And um, I never count Anderson Silva out, but I'm gonna go with Israel on this one. I just think he's a little quicker, a little more accurate, and a little bit hungrier. Yeah, I mean, in a sense, he's it's kind of a uh, kind of a clone match. If you, if you turn the clock back on Anderson a little bit, take away the uh, take away Anderson's, you know jiu-jitsu background um as far as stand-up they're really uh there's a little bit of a similarity between their their styles and their their look and and length and and everything else their body types is, is what i'm getting at but um yeah i mean i, I kind of feel the same way i i feel like it's a little bit of a, a a big you know or maybe too much for anderson at this point in his career um going up against the young striker uh especially since he's kind of shown in his last few fights his uh he takes it on the chin a little bit more, uh, you know, Bisbing hit him up a little bit and, uh, and Brunson, uh, hit him hard time a couple times, even though, uh, Silva ended up getting the, the win. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Adesanya on that one too. Um, Ed, how do you see that fight? The, uh, the co-main with, uh, Adesanya and, and Silva, it's hard to pick against Adesanya. Um, you know, it, like, uh, obviously Anderson can always pull a rabbit out of his hat, but I mean, as, as I look at the card, it seems like there's a lot of these uh, changing of the guard matches they have set up outside of the main event. So, um, or they're at least temp- attempting to do that, you know. Because like even even if you look at Sam's fight, he's fighting a, a younger guy, uh, a guy at least a guy that's way younger than him. Um, so I don't know if that's something that the a theme that the UFC is trying to set up, um, given the the way things are going with the promotion lately. But um, you know, definitely Sam's not at that age where where he had, they should try to push push him out. But uh, I see that fight going the same way too. By the way, because I feel like it just his KO rate might be a little too high for this young kid that he's fighting. But um, yeah, yeah, I see um, I see Adesanya. I, I just think he's he might be a little too fast for Anderson. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing that could hypothetically happen is maybe he gets a little starstruck in there when he realizes he's fighting Anderson and and kind of holds back on, on pulling the trigger a little bit. Um, we've seen that in, in some other cases. So I don't know if that's going to be the case with him considering his, uh, I mean, he's got 15 MMA bouts, but he's also had several, uh, uh kickboxing, uh, bouts too, that have, have been pretty high profile. So it's not like he's going to be starstruck necessarily being in, and he's coming off of a, uh, main, or he wasn't the, he, he had the main event, uh, with, uh, in Vegas during fight week. Um, and then he, and then he fought on the, the MSG card in, in November. Um, how about that main event? Uh, you have, what, what's your thoughts on uh, Whitaker and Gastelum, uh, Mason? Um, that's a good, it's a good fight. Um, I really like Robert Whitaker. Um, Kelvin Gastelum has got a extremely high pace for middleweight. Uh, but I think, I think Robert's too ferocious. Um, I don't think anyone else would beat Yoel Romero in the division, and he did it twice. Um, I'm going to go with Robert. I think he just has a little bit more power, and he's a little bit more mean. Yeah, I kind of see the the same way. I mean, I just think that he's going to be too much size uh, for Kelvin. Um, I know Kelvin has been fairly successful here at middleweight, um, but he also had trouble with with Weidman and and his size. And I don't know if Whitaker will go the wrestling route at all, but – I think in the long run, uh, Gastelum is going to run into a wall when he starts fighting these these bigger middleweights. And although Whitaker came up from 170, I think he's going to have a nice size advantage, especially height wise on on Kelvin. So 
Um, in a five-round fight, yeah, I, I think he's going to finish him off sometime in the late third, early fourth round, um, in my opinion. How about you, Ed? What's your uh, paper say? I, I mean, I don't actually I'm, – I'm, I'm against uh, what you guys are saying, or disagree, rather, cause only because I think um, – so Whitaker, obviously, he gets hurt. His last two fights were were really far apart. I mean, and he walked away with injuries from both of them. I don't know how well he's recovered. I feel like Gaslam might be a little bit fresher and ready to go. Um, I know um, Whitaker's got a brown belt versus Gaslam's black belt that he got during the Ultimate Fighter season. So I'm actually uh, I I think Gaslam can pull it off. Well, you think he went? You think by knockout or just outlast him? I think I I just think he'll he'll survive better. Maybe maybe a decision. I don't I don't know if a finish is coming, but I definitely just feel like uh, I'm just leaning towards Gaslam walking away with the W. Um, Mason, when you uh, I mean we're looking at this pay per view event. Obviously, you're talking about going pro. I mean, do you ever worry about like jitters and stuff like that when you're when looking at a an event? Obviously, you're six de- you're six degrees of separation away from from this event we're talking about with your coach fighting on the same card. So how does it feel like, uh, I mean, when you talk about when, when the anticipation of going pro, does it make butterflies or do you get nervous about being on TV, anything like that? Not nervous, just excited. And it, it makes me want to train harder because I know I'm going to be there. So I got to prepare myself as much as possible now. And uh, I know I'll be there in a few years. Yeah. 21 years old. I mean, you, you like, uh, I think, uh, Alvi's uh, advice is, is sound, you know, given your how young you are. I mean, you, you, but you definitely got to get the time into it. It's definitely a young man's sport. You know, you don't want to yeah. come in too old. Uh, I have a training oh. partner who's 30, and um, we're, we're kind of pushing him because uh, he was on his way before he had some stuff happen that, that kind of delayed the path. But now it's like, you know, time doesn't wait for anybody. So uh, what do you think is the ideal age for you to, like, jump in? You, you said later this year. So w- when do you turn 22? I turned 22 in June, um, and that's about the time I want to go pro around the nice. summer. Um, my best-case scenario, I want two more fights in, two more wins, um, and then go. But if I can only get one, I get one. Um, but definitely by the time I turn 22, for sure. What? Um, so do you? what's the stable like right now at Team Quest? Do you have uh, – I see, you know, I, I – my my roommate's actually friends with Trevor Wells. Um, he's another one of your up and coming guys. Uh, yeah. Is there a you know I I don't know exactly all the guys around there, but do you have a, is there a handful of guys that are all fighting? It looks like um, when I check the you know the Twitter pages and stuff and look into the the cards around the uh, the, the Southern California area around here, it seems like uh, Sam's always got somebody somebody fighting. Um, you got a nice little rotation of guys there that are are constantly fighting almost every weekend. Oh yeah, our our amateur team is mostly 135ers, 125ers. I got Trevor Wells, former state champion. He's my main main sparring partner. I got RJ Casper, who's the former Texas state champion. He's a good sparring partner. And uh, I got Anthony Paredes, a pro 35er. James Barnes, Muka, he just fought for Bellator. Jordan Winsky, the list goes on. Uh, uh, we got great guys, especially around my weight class, so it's perfect for me. Um, and I don't want to train anywhere else. Nice. That's uh, that's great. Um, 
so we were gonna we were gonna go over a little bit about the uh, the past weekend's events. Do you still got a few minutes, or you got to get to the gym? I don't wanna don't wanna hold you up too much. Oh yeah, I got a few minutes. I still got like twenty minutes. Oh okay. Um, so this past weekend, uh, the UFC held a, uh, a a big fight night in Brazil, and uh, it had you know it was one of those nights really where the Brazilians shined. Uh, I know uh, me and Ed, I made the mistake of picking Lyman Good. And uh, that was one Ed got over on me uh, with Damian Maya uh, uh, making quick work of him, tapping him out two minutes, 38 seconds into round one uh, after getting the backpack position and, and, and eventually uh, choking him out with the rear naked choke. Uh, you saw that one coming, Ed, didn't you? Well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, it, you're not going to uh, you're not going to uh, I mean, you said a, a lot of those guys were Brazilian on the card on both ends. So it's kind of like like uh, the more popular one. I don't want to say more popular, but it was hard to pick against the favorites on that card. I mean, even even with uh, Jose Aldo, uh, when we were talking about it, you know, uh, it looked like Jose Aldo from back in the day in, on that card. I know Mason said he – I'm in the same boat as Mason. I saw the highlights. I didn't see the whole fights, but, um, I mean, that, that was definitely uh, – and the same thing with Marlon's fight too. I, 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 I knew Marlon's first fight against Asuncio was uh, just – a case of you know his first fight in the UFC, and he trains out here with with guys that I know in South Jersey. So I, I already knew that Marlon was going to uh, once he gets comfortable, he just he's just going to start putting dudes away. So, but um, yeah, yeah, no, Damian Maya, I, I mean, come on, he'll probably choke all three of us out without trying. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I just uh, I figured, you know, I always think that time's eventually going to catch up to these guys as they get older, but. You know his style really has no age if he's able to uh, to get his hands on you and, and uh, I guess your name's not you know Tyron Woodley or, or Kamar Usman I guess at this point um, you know one of the things that stood out was Charles Oliveira uh, continues to add to his uh, record for most submissions in UFC history uh, with a second round uh, submission and a conda choke actually of David Tamor um, you know another guy who who's gotten to a couple co-main events in his career. I know he co-mated against Frankie Edgar at UFC 148, uh, an event I was at that was actually the Silva uh, Son and two fight. And, and he had a kind of a, a uh, he didn't look real great in that fight. And Edgar who obviously beats almost everybody got the win there, but it's getting to a point now where, you know, when the guy's 28 and six, he's submitting everybody uh, really adds to the log jam there at, at, uh, at lightweight. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know if you caught the highlight of that one, Mason. Uh, speaking of which, when you see setups like that for submissions like that, like Maya, Maya's finish, the one that Matt just mentioned, uh, when you hit the training gym, do you, do you ever try to, like, uh, mimic or copy or, or, or drill a setup for of your own? I don't know if you're a submission guy or, or a knockout guy, but, uh, I mean, uh, how does it how does it motivate your training when you see stuff like that? Yeah, I always, when I watch my favorite fighters fight, I try and, you know, take little pieces from all of them. Um, I'm more of a striker, so I get in that position. I'm going to keep punching. But to see guys at that high level just submit people like that, it's it's really inspiring. It makes me want to work on my ground game a lot and pick up some of that stuff. So, Yeah, the, I mean, you're, you're, go uh, ahead. I'm sorry, but the uh, – so, like, I mean, you said you saw the highlights – uh, and you being a striker, uh, you train with Sal Malvi, who's a, who's obviously a knockout guy. 
when you uh when you see a finish like the way Aldo finished his opponent on on uh on that Fortaleza card, like uh, what what about do you ever con- have a concern of fighting a, a more superior striker? Like, do you ever feel for the guy when you see a finish coming like that, or does adrenaline just jump up in you and you feel like finding your own combos that that just fit together like that? Yeah, of course, I always think about fighting people that are better than me, and that's why you got to be well rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why you got to train everything and be ready for anybody anywhere. Um, Jose Aldo, he looked ferocious in that finish. A little sloppy, but um, <laughs> it was wild for sure, and I wouldn't want to fight that guy. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot of people wrote him off, but yeah. uh, his losses right now to, to Max Holloway don't look too uh, too bad. I mean, uh, I think uh, I think we stated it last week during the show when, when I picked Aldo, and I, I think you did also, uh, Ed, that uh, I think people were just writing him off a little too soon here. Uh, the guy is... Uh, the guy's an all-time legend, and until he uh, until he really goes on a losing streak or loses to somebody that he legitimately shouldn't be in the cage with, I I don't think you can ever really pick against the guy, and um, I think he's really earned his chance at McGregor. If if he wants to go up to 155, I think uh, I think McGregor should should honor him and give him a chance at that rematch that uh, that he never got before. I I feel like that's the fight that Aldo needs in his career, win or lose. Even at this point, I think he needs a chance at redemption. Uh, but uh, then that brings us to the main event, the Marlon Marias, uh, like you said, Afiola Sunsau. Uh, their first bout went to a decision where Sunsau won. Uh, Marias is the up and coming kid who uh, has blown pretty much everybody else out of the water, and he did the same this fight, uh, finishing uh, finishing actually with a guillotine choke, which was a little bit different. Um, I feel like I saw him fight. I think he beat. Uh, uh, Miguel Torres with a submission, if I remember correctly, actually at World Series of Fighting One mm-hmm. event I was at years and years ago. But I don't think he's beaten anybody by submission since then. Uh, he may have had a couple in World Series of Fighting, but uh, most of his damage has been uh, by leg kicks and and just yeah. knocking people out. So he uh, he beat up a Sunsau, hurt him, and then and then got him in a in a finishing choke. Uh, seems like he's uh, on the fast track too to to possibly that featherweight title. Uh, what what's your thoughts on him, Mason? Are you uh have you have you had a chance to see him fight a few times? Oh yeah, I've been watching him for a while. He's one of my favorite to watch. Um, I would love to see him fight T.J. Dillashaw. I think he's if anyone's going to beat T.J. it would be him. Besides Cejudo, obviously, but um, yeah, I'd rather see that fight than the rematch with Cejudo. To be honest, I'm with yeah, you on that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think that fight just makes too much sense right there. Had they went to some boring decision or, or a real slow fight, then maybe uh, you could argue that the Cejudo uh, Dillashaw fight makes sense. But um, Marlon clearly, I think, uh, earned the right to the title, um, and I think that's a great fight. I mean, I can't really think. Of, I've been calling for that fight for for six eight months now. I know I wanted that to actually headline the MSG card where they ended up with uh, Cormier and and, uh, and Lewis. I felt like that was a fight that um, with Marias coming from the East coast could have easily he sold out there and, and uh, helped fill that arena. But um, you talk about Cejudo and, and Benavides has been on a roll. I, I feel like you got some, some number one contenders there that can get the title or the belts kind of back in the, the proper order uh, before we start mixing and matching champions again. And um, you know, Dillashaw got knocked out by a guy in a smaller weight class. He doesn't, even though I'm a huge TJ fan, he doesn't really have a whole lot of say in this, in my opinion. 
And Mason, as somebody that that you just talked about the the weight classes that that you had to switch to and what you prefer, um, and you just said that you want you'd like to see the Dillashaw fight too. What's your take on on uh, as far as your point of view? Obviously, you know uh, only TJ Dillashaw knows how it truly affected him. What's your point of view on him returning? Do you think he's going to come back to to bantamweight as strong as as he's been? I feel like that that weight cut. I mean, to me, he didn't look good. It doesn't. It didn't look like he handled it well, despite what he's saying. What's What's your take? Yeah, I agree. I think the weight cut probably took a lot out of him. Um, when you cut weight that drastically, um, your body can't take punishment as well. Um, I think he does a lot better at 135 if he comes back up. Um, but then again, Marlon Moraes, I think, is a worse matchup for him than Cejudo. Um, but I'd love to see him fight Cody Garbrandt as well. If TJ does the rematch with Cejudo, then throw the winner of Garbrandt and um, who's he fighting again? Pedro Munoz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, against Marais for the interim belt, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I think I don't think uh, I don't think they're gonna let TJ go back down. I'd be surprised if they do. I mean, they talk about getting rid of that weight class altogether and. Um, Honestly, if if they're going to do the rematch, I think uh, Cejudo should go up to 135, you know, and and beat beat him there at his weight class. And if he's actually the better fighter, win the belt there and carry the torch at that division. Um, I I don't you know, I don't, I'm not sure where the 125 pound weight class fits in. It, it's one of those ones that's busy everywhere else, but it just doesn't seem like it's really ever taken off with the UFC, despite having you know one of the greatest champions of all time in that weight class. What, um, so, I mean, I guess that's it pretty much here. Uh, you know, another guy, uh, Johnny Walker at light heavyweight. I don't know if you got a chance to see his highlight. He had a, a knockout in 15 seconds, basically, um, over, uh, over, uh, what's his name? Uh, Justin Ledet. Um, he seems like a legit striker. I don't know if, uh, what's going to happen when he gets to the, the big boys at, you know, in the top of the uh, one or two hundred five weight class, but he really uh, he's really done some damage in his last couple of fights. As a striker, what do you see with him? Um, yeah, I got to see his fight. I was pretty impressed. Um, I saw that he knocked out Khalil Roundtree as well in his debut, I believe. So, yeah. Um, he's definitely a ferocious fighter and definitely someone to watch at two hundred five. Especially recently, I don't think there's a lot of contenders in the, that that division, and um, he might be the next big thing. Yeah, I think uh, you know we got Jones fighting Anthony Smith coming up here on on March second, and um, no, take nothing away from Anthony Smith, but when when guys like him start jumping to the top for title fights, it seems like that division is a little bit a little bit wide open. So uh, perhaps another win. Maybe two from Walker, and he could be uh, he could be looking at a title fight himself. Um, when you get the you know other than the, you got Reyes and 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 really and, and Gustafson just came off a loss, so he kind of falls down the ladder. So there's really not a whole lot else there. Um, but uh, again, like I said, we get to look forward to this weekend another UFC card. There's also a Bellator uh, European card uh, with uh, James Gallagher head, headlining. So that'll be on uh, on Paramount Network. Uh, Mason, thanks for joining us, man. You want to throw out your uh, your handles for Twitter or Instagram, whatever you got? 
Yeah, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Big Daddy Mace, and my Instagram is just Mace and Icabellus, all lowercase. Um, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be pushing and hoping that you get that uh, that fight coming up here. Uh, please get back to us as soon as you hear any news. Uh, we'd like to let the followers know. And um, that fight would have been on the I guess it's pronounced the Bien Network. I don't. know. It's B E I N. Uh, I get it yeah, here on yeah. Sling TV. Um, and uh, they broadcast uh, most of the Tough Enough events. So if you get that fight going, then uh, friends and family and, and followers can can watch you throw down. So definitely keep us updated. Um, and, yeah, uh, I hope you get somebody, man. I hope they don't leave you hanging. I'm praying. <laughs> well, as always, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram, and you can catch up with Ed on Twitter at Carbizol and at Carbeerzol on Instagram. Uh, until next time, gentlemen. Uh, good luck in your future endeavors, Mason, and I'll talk you. to you soon, Ed. All right, cool. All right, Peace. Have a good one. You too. All right, I'm talking with uh, Anthony Taylor, who uh, looks like you've been putting in the, uh, some work today. Uh, obviously, you're reacting off of the, the news that Artem Lobov is a free agent, and uh, he had hinted at being uh, uh, contacted by Bellator. So uh, well, what's up, Anthony? What, 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 what lit the fire under you? Man, I've been, I've been trying to call for Artem for about almost three years so far. You know, um He's never expressed interest in me, but he definitely knows who I am. You know, I made um, a couple of trips to Ireland, made noise, especially in his gym. You know, and I just feel like he thinks he's a shit. You know, like people call him the goat, and I refer to everybody. He the only goat he is is the second on goat milk. <laughs> and <laughs> and I I wanted to be the first one to let him know, like, hey, welcome to Bellator. Sit yourself down. Hmm. So um, I know you, you, but didn't you have some beef? I know you fought uh, one of his teammates in the past too. So is there beef that stems from that? Oh, absolutely. I have my whole beef with SBG, period. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Connor, you know, Kiefer Crosby, you know, Dylan or Connor. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, my goal is to make an example out of Arthur to let James Navigar know, like, hey, I want my rematch. You only fought me when I was only two fights into my pro career. I'm a whole different fighter now. My ground game is exceptional, and my striking is world class. You know, my trash talking, <laughs> world champion level. You know, <laughs> I want to make that example of Arthur to let Gallagher know, like, hey, I want my rematch, and let's make it happen again. So uh, since you since you heard the news, and I, I know this, I'm not the first person that interviewed you today. Did you uh, have you gotten any responses or anyone from Bellator reach out about well, making something happen? Well, you know, I've talked to my coach. My coach was like, "Hey, push it. Let's keep promoting it. Eventually, people is going to catch on, and it's going to be a very high demand matchup." You know, um, I've talked to a couple of matchmakers in Bellator. I'm not going to say no names or anything. But I'm talking to some matchmakers, and they're like, hey, keep doing what you're doing. You never know. It can happen. So I'm here to push a button and let them know, like, hey, you want to come to Bellator? You want to fight the elite? Here, fight a Bellator veteran first before you consider yourself calling you a – before you consider fighting the elite. Because you're nowhere near the elite. 
You know, so I want to be that guy that welcomed Arthur. I've been calling him out for years, man. And I feel like I deserve the shot. I honestly do. I ain't got nothing to lose. He's 13 and 15. I'm 4 and 5. What is there to lose? Honestly. Yeah. Besides prosper from this. So um, you mentioned you you spoke to your coach. You train, don't you, you your coach, don't you like uh, train with Aaron Pico and, and uh, McKee and all those guys too? Yes, I do. I train with them. Um, those are my, my brothers. You know, we're gladiators. We, we train together. Um, those, I, I will definitely have their back no matter what. Win, lose, or draw, body shot till we fall. Uh, you know, these guys, AJ and Pico, Baby Slice, Joey Davis, Brandon Halsey, Man, those guys are beasts, man. They put in the work, you know. Uh, you know, I give them credit because they helped me grow as a fighter, mm-hmm. mentally, physically, and emotionally. And as a person, you know, Antonio being a father figure to me, definitely, you know, stepping in when I didn't have a father growing up. You know, Antonio took me under his wing when I had nowhere to go, when I was one point homeless, with you know, at one point in life. And he, he took me into his home. And... Ever since then, I've been there, you know, training under and, and McKee tone, tunage and learning and getting better, honing my skills with Pico and AJ. So your your last fight was oh, in uh, with Bama. I know Bellator likes working with Bama a lot too. They do the like the co- uh, co promote shows when they go on, on that side of the globe. Um, is it would you fight him under under the Bama banner, or does it matter? You, do you just want the fight, or do you want it to be in Bellator? Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Bama situation from when I was told they went under. Mm. I don't know it's from what I from what I was told. Um um I would love to fight for Bellator under the Bellator banner Bellator banner because, you know, worldwide, um, people see it and numbers, you know. Everybody knows who I am. I'm the most flamboyant character <laughs> around in MMA. There's no rated R superstar without the pretty boy, you know? And I feel like me and him have a big enough name. We have both have a big enough name in Ireland. Everybody knows the Russian Hammer just as much they know about the pretty boy in Ireland. You know, I have a big following base up in America too. He also also does, you know? And I feel like being on a big stage like Bellator or the UFC, you know, I think that's where people perform the best Mm because you can see who they really are as a person. So, so you you said you've been calling him out for like three years, but I mean, obviously he was signed with the UFC way back then. Um, did you think he was going to get released, or or what? What made you what, what put the crosshairs on him? I mean, ever since ever since Connor has been put in his place, he's been put in his place. You know, the only reason why he's in the UFC is because of Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the only reason why Dallas Dallas is in the Bellator because of Conor McGregor. You know. The they're overrated, you know. They 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 have no world class striking, you know. I mean, Connor most of the time trains in freaking L.A. Mm. <laughs> he trains out here most of the time. James Gallagher doesn't even train with Connor, you know. If you look at his, his Instagram, Twitter, or whatever, you don't see no pictures of him with Connor. It's just being a fanboy, and that's supposed to be your teammate, you know. I, I have the best. I have the best team right now in Bellator in the world, you know, and I've let it known, you know, before I was an amateur, I, I called, I've been trying to call him out as an amateur, trying mm-hmm. to make my debut, but 
you know, unfortunate events led me to, you know, gracefully led me to Bellator. He was able to go to the UFC and we kind of like backed off on it because I I wasn't allowed under my contract to go about what I said. So, you know, well, hey, here it is now. He's a free agent. I'm still with Bellator. Let's make it happen. So, so the, uh, I I mean, you mentioned the fight with Gallagher. Um, was there, there, was there anything that jumped off between you and him back when you were fighting back then? Cause I, I know it's not on, I mean, obviously based on history, uh, it's not, it's not unlike Artem to get into something with somebody he's actually not fighting. You know, if you look at the history with the stuff that happened in Brooklyn with Khabib and stuff like that. So like when you're, when you were building up towards your fight with Gallagher, was there something that happened back then that, that, uh, that made made you start calling him out? Sure. Well, you know, I, I I got into it because the fact that he was calling himself a legend and calling out my teammates as in, you know, at the time, Bubba Jenkins, yeah. AJ McKee, just trash talking, mad talking us down, you know, and, and it and it affected me because, like, yo, these are my teammates. You don't know. Who are you? You're some Irish kid talking smack, riding the coattails of Conor McGregor. Without Conor McGregor, you wouldn't be here. Yeah. And, I took offense of that. So, you know, I spoke up and, hey, I got to fight with him. You know, then you got Arthur who thinks he's a hot shot and people make fun of him, laughing at him instead of laughing with him. I call him a goat, calling him a goat. <laughs> it, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, you know, you, you know, and I want to be that person to put him down in this place. You know, I've talked to, you know, I've talked to a lot of high, high up people to see yeah. to make this happen. So while while you're waiting for a response or to see to see where it goes, I mean, what do you have lined up in the meantime? I mean, obviously you're you're a young fighter, uh, you got to stay active. Is is there anything you got lined up while while you wait to hear from from whomever you need to hear from to make the fight happen? Well, well, right now, right now, I have a potential fight with Cage Legacy. Um, no contracts has been signed, um, but you know, you never know what can happen. You never know. He can, I can pull out, get injured. He can pull out, get injured. Mm. You just never know what can happen in the sport. Who knows? Hey, get a two fight contract with the UFC. You just never know what can happen. Hey, I can get released by Bellator and UFC take on my contract today. I'm here fighting a top 15 guy tomorrow. You just never know. So I don't really blab out the mouth of what's going to happen mm. until I'm signed on that dotted line. And yo, this is what's going to happen. You know, I can promote all I want, but until things contract is being said, nothing is get is guaranteed in life. Where do you uh, see your strengths as far as a matchup against someone like Lobov? Striking, um, a lot more powerful than him. Um, physically stronger, mentally stronger. Wrestling, I'll class him anytime. I don't really use my wrestling. I didn't use my wrestling with Gallagher. Um. But my strength, cardio, wrestling, you know, I call it power. I call it power wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, those right there, you know, if he wants to brawl, we can brawl. We can stand the cage. We can just brawl, you know. Um, I'm physically bigger than him, mentally stronger, and every every aspect better than Arthur. Did you uh, – were you with the same team now when you fought – back when you fought Gallagher? Was it always the same uh, same training always, spot? Always the same training spot. I haven't left. I've gotten a lot better than before. You know, um, 
you know, when I was on a losing streak, you know, I never took my career serious. I was too busy traveling the world being Casanova at the time <laughs> when I was on my, when I was losing my fights. But now I got focused. My coach sat me down, wrote a game plan like, yo, here's what you can do to be a superstar to gain your notoriety to where you want to be. And I'm on a two fight winning streak. I taught, I fought an undefeated SDG fighter up in uh, Ireland, mm-hmm. England, whooped his ass. I fought a top contender fighter, uh, a world class karate champion, Dean Barry in Ireland, whooped his ass, <laughs> you know? And I did this fight on three weeks' notices. Three weeks' notices. I've gotten about almost a year worth of training camp going in. Mm-hmm. How much better do you think a person's going to be without fighting than with them almost a year? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a young man, so I, I, I could only, you know, the sky's the limit when you're training. I noticed I'm, I'm looking at your, your sweater with the jujitsu stuff on it. Uh, how's your ground game? Oh, my ground game is good. You know, you know, in jujitsu, I represent Darcy Lira, mm-hmm. um, up in, you know, Hayward and Brazil in the Bay Area. I also represent uh, Jason Manley, Gracie, you know, Gracie fighter. Um, my jujitsu skills is, is, is great, you know. Um, I take first place, took gold in Naga, took gold in World League. Um, take first place in every every tournament I have taken. I have no complaints. <laughs> I've never been taken down. Only person who's taken me down once, off. But I got pop. I popped right up. Popped pop right back up. Was mm-hmm. guy. He was the only person who took me down off a quick takedown, out of out of say about nine professional fights. Other than that, I've never been taken down. Would you entertain? Because um, you know he, he when he was when he first announced his free agency, he was talking about doing boxing, boxing, and other things outside of MMA. Would you entertain like a submission only grappling type of thing in a fight to win pro or or EBI or something like that? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, you're dealing now when you're dealing with that. You know, it's a whole level to that. But absolutely, I'd be interested in doing that. You know, um, I. You know, me being a white belt, sometimes I give brown belts, black belts problems. You know, I've only been doing jujitsu for about like three months. And I've taken first place in a lot of things, you know, due to my wrestling with AJ and Aaron yeah. and Antonio McKee. You know, with that, has definitely made my jujitsu life a lot easier. And my ground game is 10 times better. If you see the fight with me and Mike Hells, you can see how much I improved. You know, um, I like to strike and bang, but I also like to ground and pound. Cool. So, well, I mean, I, I hope I hope you get a response or, or all the I, – I have to commend you for the reaching out that you did as far as like – I mean, you re- I know you reached out to me and a few people to try to get some uh, – to try to at least get Lobov and whoever else's attention you need to get. So – Thanks for reaching out, but um, uh, I hope you get what you want. So, um, do you have any sponsors or anything you want to plug before uh, before we say goodbye? Uh, RDX Sports Fight Gear, you know, an egg whites. Um, let's see, um, smile. Um, who else? <laughs> I have um, TC One Speedwear. Um, that's it so far that I know of. Oh, egg whites. Can't forget the egg whites. Um, those are my sponsors. If they happen, oh, body, um, body shop, and you know, Metroflex. Cool. All right. Well, thank you again, Anthony. Uh, I hope you again. I if 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 you uh, if you do get word or you want to break that news when you do get word, 
uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'll be happy to I'll be happy to get the word out for you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey y'all, East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.